Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kate Binks. We're back, man. Episode 282. Yes, sir. All right, let's get right into it. Um, very unfortunate RIP here from DJ Casper. If you guys don't know who he is, it's uh, the guy that did the boom, boom, to the left. Take it back now, y'all. One hop this time. Dang. Two hops this time. Dang. Dang. Three hops this time. Boom. Dang. Slide to the left. Dang. Slide, Slide to, to the right. right. Crisscross. Everybody uh, clap, clap your, your hands. hands. We kind of like, we kinda was a little out of order there, but y'all get the gist of you it. You get the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. So rest in peace to him. And if you, if you have ever been to a black function, but that song became universal amongst more than just black people. Yeah. That was always, it was always, it always became a group activity when this shit came on. Yeah. Everybody would get together, grandparents and, and you know, grandparents and little kids. And, like, it transcended age mm-hmm. where your whole family could do this dance and everybody was so happy. And, yeah, you know, so rest in peace to him. Chicago yeah. native and uh, Cha-Cha Sly creator DJ Casper dies at 58 after cancer battle. I know what that's like. My father passed. So God bless him and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago DJ Casper, the creator of the world famous Cha-Cha Slide. Has died. Uh, the Chicago native lost his battle with cancer on Monday. Uh, the, this past this past May, Casper sat down with ABC's Samantha Chapman at his home to talk about his two decades of international fame and his wealth struggles. Oh no, that sucks. That song is huge. He yeah, we were just talking about that. About you know, I was saying I hope that he you know he, he owns his masters. You know, or I read that wrong. I, I fucked up. It, oh. it didn't say his wealth struggle. It says his health struggles. Oh God. God. We just about you about to go on public, a tangent. Public education. Yeah. <laughs> Oz can't read. <laughs> uh, yeah, his health struggles. Oh, okay. And it was his last television interview. Casper was on one of the Chicago's greatest treasures. Uh, he came up with one of the most popular line dances to date. Yet he never forgot where he came from. When he sat down with ABC, with, down with ABC back in May, Casper said he was having challenges with his health, but he vowed to remain positive and cherish every moment. He left behind a song that brings people together from all walks of life. Casper said that said he never thought the Cha Cha Slide would be an international sensation. When I first did it, I did it as an aerobic exercise for my nephews, my nephew at Bally's. Casper said, from there, it took off. Airway Smith from WGC uh, grabbed a hold of it. I think that's beautiful, man. Even the intention behind the song was, like, pure. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And there's certain, there's certain things that we've, that we've adopted, like, as a culture of Americans. And this is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. There's a couple songs. There's that one, and we talked about the other one. Down, down, the do Cuba your dance, shovel. do your dance. Down, down, do your dance, do your dance. Mm-hmm. That's that's another one that you see a lot of people dancing do to. Do right, do right, do right, do right, do right. And then, to the left, yep, to the left. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> to the left, to the left, to the left, to the left. And then... Now uh, get, now get, now get, now get, now walk it by yourself. Now walk it by yourself. <laughs> What's the other one, too? It's another one, too. Um Oh, the walk it out is enough. Now walk it out. Mm-hmm. Now walk it out. West side walk, walk it out. out. <laughs> East side walk it out. Yeah. Like, all these songs are popular amongst not just black culture. They like have they got massive. Mm-hmm. So man, I, all I got is a rest in peace to him. Yeah. And and thank you, a huge thank you. Cause yeah. That that song has been in our family for a long time. 
Yeah, I was I was telling Eddie earlier. I was saying like, dang, I wonder what the streams look like that, on that song, because you know it's like a um, it's a staple at, at at every house party pretty much, uh, or even like weddings and stuff like that. So I wonder like what the streams look like, and I couldn't. I don't have like the the. I probably could have looked it up on my computer, but I think it was over fifty-four million or something like and that. And that's that's crazy. But you would think it would be, you know, a little bit more because it's such a it's, it's such a prominent thing in, inside of like dance parties. It's probably but, if you go to YouTube, it's probably like hundreds over a hundred something million. Yeah. But I I was thinking that the number might be a little bit lower because a lot of the DJs be illegally downloading the music. Mm. So they just put the, you know, the the stripped mp3 version in a serato and then you know they just playing it so yeah. and it's also not a song that plays outside of that like you no. can't be riding, you cannot be riding around bumping out of your car you're gonna be right riding with the top down <laughs> your car. now get now walking by yourself now walking by now, now hold on if you're playing that song and you're driving let's say you like it, it las vegas strip right and you play that song everybody in the street's gonna be dancing yeah it's just gonna be random people like on the streets just dancing. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing about music that nothing else really provides is that unity. Um, yeah, that. But it just like you can uh, you can make a song that really affects somebody mood. You know what I mean? When that song when that song play, it could be like it could be your favorite song. Like I've been in situations where like I've seen like the new popping song will come on. And, you know, a couple people might get up and dance or whatever, or, you know, they might know the song and they may rap along. But when that song come on, no doubt, like, yeah. everybody get up and start dancing. I hate to say this, but I got to be honest. The biggest anthem of all time, of all time, is Back That Ass Up. It ain't no song that could get people from their seat like that one. I don't, I don't know about that. Like more than these songs, the cha cha slide and stuff. That, th- these is cool because the thing is, these these songs have transcended age, yeah. right? So you got little kids that's doing it, and parent. And trust me, mm-hmm. but that song plays outside of that. If you going, if if you downtown and and like in, a, in adult settings, you saying not just, yeah in adult settings, yeah. But mm-hmm. even if kids around, the parents can't help it. They they can't help it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They gonna start probably end up twerking. <laughs> Because <laughs> you got to remember, yeah. man, some of these, these 47, 48-year-old women, they was teenagers when that shit was out. Yeah, I think that song goes. It's just it's not really like a family. like it, Not at all. It don't work like in all set settings because, you know, that that's just more universal. It's, it's clean. Ain't no cussing in there. Girl, you're working with some ass shit. <laughs> Cash shit. Wanna yeah. Fuck the- yeah. yeah. Yeah, that shit is wild, man. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I remember that that came out my freshman year in high school, and in, in the shit, it was ninety nine two thousand. It was my mm-hmm. freshman year for in the nine nine and the two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cash money records taking over for the nine nine and the two thousand. Who you working with some ass? Yeah, yeah cash yeah, want to put it in your ass? Yeah, <laughs> they don't do that no more. They don't really say the the uh, the year and songs no more. For some reason, in the nineties. Rappers always had to name the fucking yeah. year of the song. Yeah. Nine nine plus four pennies. Add that <laughs> shit up. <laughs> DRE. Back on top of things. Smoke <laughs> some with your dog. <laughs> what artists talked more on songs than anybody in the nineties? Just unnecessarily talking. It was it was a you probably thinking about Snoop Dogg? Nope. 
it was a couple that I would that I would think of. I think the two that I know that I that come to mind for me is 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 one is P Diddy. Oh God, he's the fucking guy. That's the another, guy. And another one is Jermaine Dupri. Oh my God, yeah, that another nigga one. Jermaine Dupri. Jermaine Dupri. You could have a whole song like. Uh, Bounce with me, bounce with me. I want it to flow. And Dreddy in the background, like, uh huh, yeah, yeah, y'all, yeah, 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 y'all. I'm like, nigga, we don't, we didn't need that. We didn't need a track of you just saying, yeah, y'all. <laughs> oh man, grab a and hit the floor. That nigga in the background talking. Like, yeah. Come on, dog. Yeah, yeah. Because even on the biggie, 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 can't you see? He's like, uh huh, take that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm like, nigga, stop. Like, nigga, shut up. I just want to hear Biggie Smalls rap. Yeah. Oh, man. I hated that, man. Yeah. But, yeah. P. Diddy is probably it's, the fucking You know worst. what? As much as I hated it, like as a kid, I would be, like literally be listening to those songs and being like, why is this nigga talking? Another but one was Timberland back in the nineties too. Timberland definitely, definitely was on there. He was beatboxing and talking in the background. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. But Timberland, uh, uh, uh. Timberland was more of a producer. So I think his kind of like he's not more of a producer than Jermaine Dupri. Uh, I wouldn't disrespect him me. like that. But he kind of had more of a cadence to like the stuff he was saying. Say what? But I will say, <laughs> I will say when, uh, when. Uh, when Nipsey called P Diddy for that young niggas, uh-huh. it was kind of like I was like, okay, this it was kind of like that nostalgia. It's kind of fitting. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's that's fire. You you kind of bringing it back to the nineties a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that shit. Mm-hmm. All that yelling that P Diddy did kind of seemed necessary on that. On that <laughs> it just added that touch to it. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. A feeling, so it's certain it's certain touches that go on songs, and you like, damn, that uh-huh. shit really fit. Yeah. What's that? Uh, racks in the middle, mm-hmm. where dude was like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, right, uh, Roddy Rich, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shit went in. I was like, okay, that yeah. was necessary, but yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Also, man, rest in peace to Magoo, man. Yeah, Timber. Yeah. Well, for those that I don't know if they remember or whatever, but uh, Timberland was in a duo, a rap duo in the nineties. Timberland and Magoo, mm-hmm. they had some dope songs, man. Like uh, "Love to Love You" is probably one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, it's definitely. And Magoo had that real like helium voice. Mm-hmm. He's like me, me, but she, see, so <laughs> dumb, but me, me. Yeah, he had a dope flow. Yeah, he had a dope flow. Yeah, shout yeah. out to, rest in peace to him, man. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of like, you know, these dudes are dying young. They they only in 50. their fifties, man. So yeah, it's, man. It, it's definitely important to, you know. Um, I don't know his cause <laughs> of death yet, so I need to look at that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I hope it wasn't health related. Yeah, but you know, just anytime you die in that young, you you, you just assume that it was, um, mm. you know, I don't, I'm not gonna assume what it was. I just want to say that we got to take care of ourselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially young folks. Um, mm-hmm. I would say me and Keith still exist in the young. Definitely Keith, but me, mm-hmm. I'm on the back end of 30s. I'm 38. You like so. young adjacent. Young Jason, yeah. <laughs> Identify as young. I'm going to call you, that's your rap name, Young Jason. I'm trans young. <laughs> uh, I'm pan young. Pan young. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go switch gears. Switching gears. Um, this is a conversation me and Keith had. We were actually supposed to bring this up last episode, but uh, judging a person by their past, um, here's the thing. I, I think... I think we tend to say that a lot, but let's look at all the things that kind of encompass this conversation. They, they said you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, right? 
and we can say that that's a fair assessment. But a lot of times that book and what's what's on the cover and in that book, they be matching up like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And we know this. Yeah, like if you look at Goosebumps, um, you're probably going to think like, dang, this might be a little kind of like a horror book. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this, yeah, kind of falls in that genre. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. You you look at the Goosebumps cover and you say, hey, this might be a horror book. And then you go out and you see a woman that's half naked. You're like, this might be a horror. <laughs> <laughs> This might be a horror book. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, yeah, she was a whore. Never done. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, but basically what I'm saying is, is we, we tend to say you shouldn't judge a person by, its, by their past, right? Wait, before you get there, mm-hmm. uh, I want to go on a quick tangent. Do you think R.L. Stein was writing all of them books? Probably. They was mid. <laughs> they wasn't all that great, but then they got a hundred books. I was never scared. <laughs> I just got the books because the covers looked dope. <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs> I'm like, dog, who got time to write all them books? But mm. I don't know. Somebody let me know if he's yeah. really writing them or if he got a ghostwriter. Them books, they, uh, they, R.L. Stein also had a show. Mm. Remember the Goosebumps show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, I think the show was was scary, mm. and that's me as a kid. I didn't watch the show, but I would watch the. Uh, no, I'm I'm thinking about um, I'm thinking about Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, that was scary. That was scary. I'm as a kid, you, I was like, yeah. I'm gonna tell you what was scary that people forgot about, nigga. The Twilight Zone. I'm talking about the Twilight Zone from way. Oh, back I never in watched the, it. I'm about way like the like the. It was in black and white. Yeah, it was probably back. It probably like in the forties. It was on thirties, forties. Oh, I gotta 40s. watch it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. Used to be scary. Yeah, nigga, I was watching that as a kid. I know. Uh, I think Jordan Peele kind of did like a reboot of it or something like that. Mm. <clears throat> but yeah, that's yeah. I gotta check that out. Yeah, it was scary. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most popular episodes of Twilight Zone is like I think where there's this kid that has these powers mm-hmm. and he can like blink people away. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, let's stay on topic. Um, yeah. Shout out to R.L. Stein. Yeah, yeah, it was mid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically, we, we say you shouldn't judge a person by their past, but what we never, ever know is how much that person has progressed past that behavior. When you go to get something on credit, right? When you go to get something on credit, the credit bureaus, what do they reference? They reference your past history. When you try to get a home loan or anything, they reference your past history. Why? Because there are behaviors and tendencies that are tied to your behavior when it comes to credit. And yeah. they, re- they reference that. And part of your credit, too, is like, one, you know, how long um, have you consistently paid your bills mm-hmm. on time? Mm-hmm. And then, two, like, how long have you had specific accounts open? And, you know, that, that length of period. So, you know, kind of relating that to, like, our personal life is like, you know, like how con- how consistent have you been? Like working on that, you. the, improving yourself. You know have you mean? stood the test of time in regards to this? Is the question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we just as people, I think, and and let me give you another example. When you have been an alcoholic for twenty five years, and you, and then now all of a sudden you haven't drank any any alcohol in the last three months, they don't. You don't say, "Hey, that was in my past." You say, "I'm a recovering alcoholic." Why? Because you have way more history of being an alcoholic than being uh, a person that's not drinking. There are people who have not had a drink of alcohol in 20 years and they say, I'm a recovering alcoholic because I've spent more time being this way. My tendencies over the years have been this. 
Some right? people don't even say I'm a recovering alcoholic. They'll just say I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, I, I can't haven't drank in 20 years, 20 but years. I can't drink because I'll go overboard. Yeah. And right? I, I mean, I, personally, I know one of my uncles, he, was, he battles with, you know, sobriety and stuff like that. And he was going strong for like four months. Yeah. You know, and then one day it just just kind of slipped back into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think this is important to bring up is because most people don't even change more than 15%. Like they, most people do not change that much. Right. And I don't and and I'm not trying to just use these like wild metrics, but let's be honest here. How long does it take for you, especially if you're not doing it intentionally, how long does it take you to break the habits of who you were, supposedly? Mm -hmm. If you've been a guy. Right. And let's let's think about this. If you've been a man as, as a man, if you've cheated in every relationship you have ever had. And you find this new woman, she's amazing, she's awesome. And you feel like this is definitely pertinent information that I need to share with this woman. Hey, babe, I love you. I've cheated in every relationship I've had. What do you think she's going to think about you now? Even if you say this is in my past, but I've cheated on every woman I've been with, nigga, do you think she's going to think that's still in your past? No. No. Yeah. So we got to cut this shit out, man. I'm not saying that we need to just judge a person. I think we should evaluate people, but we got to be real about this shit. If a girl has been a hoe for 28, for fucking 15 years, yeah, and now you with her, and her last her last episode or experience was her just being out in the world, mm-hmm. you basically does you don't have a decent reference. I think it, I think it, it's like an analogy would be like a Carfax history report mm. because. If you get a um, a car that hasn't been in an accident, mm-hmm. obviously like the value drops on it and, and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. the car might the car might run amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't necessarily you know just because a car has been in an accident doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean anything bad about it. But it's just pertinent information. Is you know what I mean? Just cause in terms of like potentially what like what you know the, potentially a thing could be leaking over here. Potentially 100%. like something may not have been put back right. But at the same time, like if if it if you do find a good mechanic, a a, a person that could piece it together really good, mm-hmm. then the car could run like it's brand new. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But here's another thing too: if you <clears throat> are the owner of a used car and you got to patch it up to work, do you still want this fucking car? I'm talking about for women or men. Mm-hmm. If a woman get with a guy that he didn't cheated in every relationship he been in, how is that gonna what what is that gonna do to your mental health? You're gonna think this guy's dick is in almost every other woman he encounters. Yeah, especially if you uh, if you already got some insecurities or you got 100%. some traumas in relationships. So yeah. you've got to you just added another trauma to this woman's life, and you think like that was in my past, but in the way you're interpreting it and the way she's interpreted it, or is way different mm-hmm. because she loves you, but she's hard for her to trust you. You've cheated on every woman you've been with, mm-hmm. right? It's just like a woman you've been you've been a, a known hoe. And now you want to get married and all of that. And you're like, you know, I'm in the Christian. I'm a Christian now. I don't do that. Baby girl, that was only five months ago. That was only <laughs> a year ago. You've been a hoe for the last 20 years. <laughs> and now all of a sudden you think you just okay. You like we're creatures of habit. And habitually we build up behaviors. This is just this is just a human experience. So I just I think it's a little bit irresponsible to just say, hey, don't judge a person based on their past. I don't feel like I have to judge a person because we all got something, but I think it's important to evaluate a person. 
and evaluate their past because sometimes people have things in their past that are unforgivable. If I know you did something in a way where you assaulted a woman, I can't be around you, brother. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I can't be around you. You could have prayed about it. God could forgive you for it, but I don't. Mm -hmm. Okay? You beat on women. You punch them in the face. Uh, I can't be around you, brother. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, they people might say, hey, that's judgmental. But, that, like, that's why we can't just chalk it up to this very simplistic, it was in my past. It was in my past. Mm -hmm. It was in your past to you, mm -hmm. right? You might have cheated on your wife 20 years ago, but ask her how she feel about it now. She's still probably hurting from it. Yeah. And it was in your past. It was in your past, in your mind, but she's still hurting from it. Yeah, it's just something that she probably be trying to block out. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, I don't know why I was just thinking about this one day. Um, and I was just like, bruh, I just think it's a little irresponsible for us to say that. And we also say it was in my past because we're not proud of it. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we're going to tuck this shit away and say, hey, it was in my past. Let it go. You should get over it. Blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. First of all, whatever that was in that person's past or whatever, you don't have to accept it. Mm-hmm. You don't. Mm -hmm. If if a woman's with a dude, he didn't cheat. If, if if a woman's with a dude and he didn't cheated on every girlfriend he had ever had, and she says, "Look, I'm sorry. I love you, but I just can't take it anymore. I have too much anxiety. I'm stressed out, and I just can't be with you anymore." And he's like, "Wow. So you're gonna leave me because you're jealous and you're this or that, bro? If she left you, dog, is she wrong for it? No. And I'm just saying, yeah. like if if she left you." And she had some type of reasoning to believe that you might be doing something. She's not crazy. Yeah. And I've heard of situations where um, <clears throat> people talk about like, you know, they may have gotten cheated on. And a lot of people stay together after right. they get cheated on. So I, and right. I don't have any I don't really have an opinion on what a person should do. Right. right but right. I'm, I, but what happens is I've heard people say, like, you know, I can actually forgive you. You know, and we can actually move on. Mm -hmm. But the only thing that will happen is that um, I would get triggered by this situation mm -hmm. and I would be getting reminded of it every time, you know, you do something that resembles, um, you know, anything that that, you know, that that you did or the patterns that you had, the hiding your cell phone or turning mm -hmm. your phone upside down or taking your phone in the bathroom, which whatever the case may be like I can. uh you know, that that thing would trigger me. So therefore, like, we got to break up. And that is kind of like, you know, what you were saying, like, this, the past is, uh you know, the past is the past. But some of that stuff is like, if you as a person feel like you can't live with certain things or, you know, you can't live with, you know, whatever your partner did in, in, in their past. And it's, it's it's very much in your right to, you know, to move on from that situation. Yeah, 100 mm percent. -hmm. And also, too. What we need to stop doing is we need to stop acting like the behaviors of your past have not manifested themselves in your future. We have to stop acting like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you why. If you're a dude that's getting hella pussy, right? You smashing all these chicks, but you meet a good woman, you with her now. The tendencies and the behaviors that got you all that pussy don't just disappear. Mm -hmm. Some of your behaviors that you have still play themselves out in your day-to-day -day business. Mm -hmm. You might be out and about, you know, you see a pretty lady and you're like, ah, oh, that's no problem. I could just say hi and introduce myself. It's not a problem. Nigga, 
you can't do that anymore. I heard people <laughs> say, like, I just want to see if I still got it. Yeah, you like, can't do this anymore. Like, you got to chill. You can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I see this with men and women all the time, mm-hmm. right? And people will say, like, well, if you're single, you really shouldn't have an opinion about this and that, bro. Staying single is probably one of the – it's – I won't say it's one of the best or worst things, but the but the uh, the inconvenient thing about being single for a while is that you look at all these relationships crumbling around you, just and you look at all the behaviors mm-hmm. of these people and what they do. They can't even uphold their own relationship. Mm-hmm. It'll be a woman that, like I mentioned, she probably was hoeing big time. Mm-hmm. She meets a good dude, right? But now she still got whole behavior. Mm-hmm. She still. She's doing shit she shouldn't be even doing at all. She mm-hmm. entertaining text messages she shouldn't be entertaining. She giving her number out where she shouldn't be doing it. She adding people on Snapchat and all these other places. And in her mind, she don't see a problem with it because, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong. It's not like I'm cheating. Bro, what do we, what's it, what do they call it? Uh, what was the definition that we had? It was a, uh, what do they call that? Uh, was it not quiet cheating? What was it called? Uh, I forget what you're talking about. Yeah, it was like called micro cheating. Micro cheating. Micro cheating. Yeah. Man, let me tell you something. The moment, as a man, the moment where you have a conversation with a woman out in public, and you're in, and you know you want to fuck her, like you know, like looking at her, she got a big booty, she got she pretty, everything. Like she's the type of chick you would fuck. If you a married man and you approached her and it has nothing to do with something business related, nigga, you cheating. <laughs> Same thing with women. Women mm-hmm. could be like, you know, out and about. They see some cute dude. You know, he tall, good looking dude. And they having a conversation with him for 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Why are you having conversation with this handsome dude that you would want to fuck for 15, 20 minutes at a store somewhere? Mm-hmm. It's not that you... I don't, and I would never expect like my wife or girlfriend to not have no conversations with men. She could talk to men. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But when the conversation isn't based in anything legit, anything business related, anything that has to do with something, then you cheated. Mm-hmm. You literally opened the floodgates to fucking, you opened the floodgates to, what's the word I'm looking for? To kind of destroy the relationship. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. I don't think people understand that now, especially with the social media. Mm-hmm. But to go, you shouldn't be having no. I don't. You shouldn't really be having no conversations. You know Not really. I mean? Yeah, I Not, think that, like you said, it, it. Everything is just super casual. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it does. Like you. Like you. It be situations where you'll see somebody at work in the gym, et cetera, mm-hmm. and everything is fine. But you. You. I think the people know in their heart when when they kind of overstep their bounds. You know, you could you could kind of get a sense of like, yeah, that that conversation went a little bit too far. Or I didn't even need to entertain that, or whatever the case may be. So, I don't know. It's a yeah, yeah. It could get sticky out. Yeah, there. you just what you're doing is 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 the reason why we talk about the whole past thing is because your past is sabotaging your future mm-hmm. because those past behaviors still exist in the future. Mm-hmm. And people, people will be like, you know, like I'm not doing anything wrong, blah blah blah. You are sabotaging your shit because you tricked yourself into believing that that was in your past, but you never broke those behaviors. You did not have any intention behind you changing, mm-hmm. zero intention. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny too is when I see people on social media talking about they going through this healing journey and they doing this. If you're really going through a healing journey, you would not be on social media at all. Social mm-hmm. media is too convoluted. 
If you're really going through some transition in life to better yourself, get the fuck off everything. I was off social media for months, especially when I was getting my CDL because I was super focused and working on myself and being intentional about it. When you're intentional, you don't check in with social media every other day and post these little posts about how you're growing and all that. Like, get off of this. Mm -hmm. Get off of this shit. Because all all it's allowing you to do is everything in your past is still bleeding into your behavior. You're trying to prove things to people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just kind of rip myself apart. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But, like, I can see certain behaviors and... uh, I just literally be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you want, oh, you want credit for that. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, you you trying to do that. Oh, okay. And then I just stop it right there. Because mm-hmm. I'm already knowing that that's something that's not, um, that's not conducive, mm-hmm. you know, to the man that I eventually want to be. Mm-hmm. That's not conducive to it. Yeah. It takes a lot to like kind of really look at yourself in the mirror. Like, yeah. And I am, yeah. Sometimes it, it takes like, like literally looking yourself in the mirror literally. and seeing like, yo, like what's what's going on with me? Why can't I get the things I want to in life? And a lot of it be like <clears throat> inside of relationships, right? Like I was telling you earlier, there was a, a conversation my girlfriend was having with like some of her coworkers and she was just, you know, they were basically expressing to her how difficult it is in the dating scene and all these other things. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's true. Like, you know, it's hard to find like a decent person, you know, out here. But I think that the thing that I don't see enough is people having the conversation about themselves. Mm. Like, you know, what can I do such that, you know, I'm drawing that that good partner? Like, how can I develop myself um, such that, you know, these the 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 perfect the person that I want is is uh, is is attracted to me? And I think that. Um, that's a conversation that we don't have enough. Most people have a conversation about what's wrong with the world. Most people have a conversation about what's wrong with the, excuse me, the men out there, the women out there. Mm. And they never, it's never really about like, yeah, maybe I do need to get in better shape. Maybe I do need to get a better job. Maybe I do need to go back to school. Mm -hmm. It's always like, you know, this person, I just want them to accept me for who I am. That's selfish. Yeah, that's real, you know? And And it sucks because it is, because you don't want to get into a relationship with that other person that's working on themselves. That's there you go. And going to therapy and getting in better shape and you there know, you go. getting right with their family and their parents and, and all kind of other And stuff. you know what? You just said something right <clears throat> now. You really just said something. You basically said, just accept me as I am. That's selfish as fuck. And the reason why it's selfish is because that means that sometimes that's an excuse to do nothing. Mm-hmm. So if I, if I told a woman, you know, accept me as, as I am. So you need to accept me as an alcoholic. You need to accept me as, as stupid. You yeah. need to accept me as being disrespectful. You you should ex, you should accept me being um, n- not having any way of uh, having any communication skills or anything. Yeah. Like you're not even doing the work. Like people don't realize too is you got to do the work on yourself while no one else is there, bro. Yeah, like you got to do the work. Like a lot of I will say I'll speak for men when I say this. Is I and I'm talking about men. I know women don't do the work either, but as men, we don't do enough work on ourselves as men a lot of times when we're single because there'll be scenarios that pop up. And because you didn't do no real intentional work on yourself as a man, everything is imploding. Mm-hmm. Everything is imploding because you don't got no kind of discipline, no nothing. Yeah. And then you think like, 
shit, this is how you met me. Like, this is how you met me. You're judging me because this is how you met me. Yeah. And it's like, bro, at some point, you got to evolve, whether it's with a woman or not. If yeah. you just not evolving and you just sitting back, accept me stupid, accept me fat, accept me as a drunk. No, nigga, you need to better yourself. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that you, you'll ever get the type of relationship you want in that. Like, that's almost like enabling you. Right. You know, I don't, I don't want anybody that just accepts, like, half-ass, like, K-Fings. You know what I mean? Like, I want somebody right. that's, like, that expects greatness out of you. Facts. You know what I mean? And that kind of can, can push you and, yes. and let you know, like, yo, like, this is, hey, you slacking a little mm-hmm. bit over here. Or you should do this. Or you should do this. Or, you know, I believe in you in, in this area. You should continue doing this. Or what about that idea that you had? Like, you know, you should, mm-hmm. you, should you know, double down on that. Whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Not the person that's just like, oh, you have a little bit of anger anger issues. I, I just love you because, you know, you're just a, such an angry person. It's like, no, like, <laughs> nigga, go to therapy. <laughs> Talk to your dad. Like, get over it. Right. Yeah. Right. That's a good one. And mm-hmm. also, too, there's certain, like, there's certain things that you got to notice about you. Like, you'd be like, oh, no, I got to do this because... The thing about it is, like I even I was talking to Keith, like I have to make sure that I don't say I'm gonna do something and then I turn around and I don't do it. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is this you have to you have to develop the behavior of being intentional and doing things mm-hmm. when you matter of fact, don't even say you're gonna do them. Just fucking do it. Because yeah. now if you're the guy that says things, right, and then you don't follow up on it, and then you find this awesome woman. She may not ever tell you, but deep down in her subconscious, she'd be like, he ain't going to do shit. Yeah. You might have a brilliant idea. You say it in front of your lady. and You'd be like, yeah, that'll be cool. And we could do that. I go there and do that. And she'd be like, oh, baby, that's awesome. But deep down to, inside, yeah. she know you ain't going to do shit. You start to turn into a talker. I would yeah. not, not necessarily say, like, don't say anything and don't do it. I would say, like, you have to develop a strong relationship with your word. Right. And I there think you go. that. Like, you know, it, it could be like the little things and I'm still like a work in progress myself, right. but it got to be the little things like um, what time you, I wouldn't even say time, but like, you know, like, you know, in terms of like, you know, me and Eddie, it could be something as little as like, uh, um, I'll send this to you tomorrow. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And making sure you send it tomorrow. And if 100%. you keep practicing and habitually doing that and habitually like everything that comes out of your mouth, you're doing, then it becomes easier for you to say like, hey, babe, I'm going to start this business, you know, mm-hmm. or by the end of this year, I'm going to start this business. business, And by the end of the year, you, you know, you develop yourself mm-hmm. enough to where it's actually going to happen. And like you said, because it does happen, like a lot of that stuff following deaf ears, like when you a person that it, I call those like idea men, like, you mm-hmm. know, the person that's like, oh, man, nigga, I can't wait to get this cryptocurrency popping. And I can get once I get this real estate business and I get my real estate, like, you know, like the idea people mm-hmm. that just just talk about ideas all day. And like they call you on your phone and, you know, they just talk about a great idea or business venture they got for, you know, three hours out of your day. And don't ever do nothing with it. Never do it. Yeah. Like that's that's like, you know, like you said, that starts to develop a relationship um, to where the girl is like, yeah, that's 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 cool, honey. Like, that's amazing. Think about this. Let's think about this. As men, when we have other men that we know and they do this and they talk and they say, man, this is if we start to get not even frustrated, but if we get kind of annoyed or kind of like we don't have faith in this person's word because they don't keep it honest. How the fuck do you think the woman feels in your life? Because mm-hmm. in her mind, 
she's like, this is the guy I'm supposed to rely on. He always says something. He never does it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and women, like, from my experience, they kind of hold that to heart. And not even because they are, like, have the greatest integrity, but just because the meaning that they give to it. Right? 100%. You know, it's like it, it means the world to them when you, like, say that you're going to, uh, you know, we're going to go on a date, but you end up, like, working overtime or something like that. Like, that's like, it's like the end of the world. Yeah. Like, I can't believe you chose work over our relationship and all this other stuff. Like, that's the type of, like, you know, relationship women have with, like, the things that women... And this is just me hearing, like, women vent and talk and, you know, yeah. even being in my own personal relationship. There, there was a video that I seen on Facebook and this woman was, like, gassing her husband up. Like, he, was, <clears throat> he seemed like a real, like, reserved dude. But mm-hmm. she was saying, like... Yeah, he said he was going to build a house from the ground up, and he did. It took him a minute, but he was out here every day, even after work or whatever. He was doing it mm-hmm. every day. And another thing, too, if you a dude that's really standing on what you say, women know they can't play with you. Mm-hmm. So if you a dude that got integrity like that, that's going to set the tone for you know what's going on. Yeah. Because if you turn around and tell her, like, hey, don't be telling me you're going to do something and you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Then it, it, it like they literally you've defined what that means because as mm-hmm. men we're supposed to be leaders right mm-hmm. but we can't lead women until we can lead ourselves mm-hmm. so when we actually do a good job of leading ourselves and you see the woman you with and she being full of shit about something you'd be like you need to get that done mm-hmm. and they can't even argue with with you about it because they're looking at what you're doing mm-hmm. but it, it, it's it takes years to get to that space I feel like. I'm not all the way there as a man, personally. I feel like I still have work to do yeah. as far as that is concerned. Yeah. But I think that a lot of men are not even aware about it, though. Yeah, I think I'm I'm there with you. And not even in terms of, like, a relationship, but more so in terms of, like you said, like, leading myself. Right. Like, because I say things, and not a lot. I'm very mindful of, like, making promises. But, like, I, um, like... <clears throat> You know, we talk about one of the things that I've learned is like, you know, like uh, honoring your word. So say that you say like, for example, my niece was down and uh, I told her that we can make you know music together. Like we come to the studio and make music. And, um, you know, like one day came by and I was like super busy. I had homework to do and I just didn't really have the time for it. Then the next day came and like I can tell like that she wasn't going to say nothing. You know, I'm like, I'm her uncle, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I, she probably don't want to be, like, imposing or, mm-hmm. you know, she don't want to seem like she she ruffling feathers or whatever the case may be. But I knew for me personally, like, with my own personal integrity that I had to say something. Mm. And I'm like, hey, I know we didn't go today, but, like, we can go tomorrow. Like, I don't have nothing to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we ended up doing it. You know what I mean? And I think that um, that's the type of, like, growth like as a human being that like it it gets you so much further than like accept me for me accept me for Mm -hmm. not having integrity accept me for not doing what i say i'm gonna do exactly and i think that you know we this is like a subtopic off the main one but i think that this is where it's important where your past can bleed into the future which is why your past does matter yeah i know a lot of i know a lot of men and women out there you you want to say hey man you know, don't judge me for my past, but we just gave a, a bunch of examples of why that matters. Mm-hmm. Because your past, you know what else is in your past, Keith? Mm-hmm. Self-development. Mm-hmm. That's what's in your past. Yeah. So you, if you tell me uh, that's in my past, it don't matter. 
uh, that self development part is very important. Mm-hmm. And and you honest, obviously you're concurrently still you're doing the work. Mm-hmm. But if in 2009 you said I'm going to therapy, I'm gonna go to the gym, I'm putting in this work, I'm doing this, and then for over a year and a half. You went to therapy, you, you ate a better diet, you did all those things, and maybe a little bit after that, you met this woman, but you have almost two years of self-development. Yeah. Right? And that in itself is very fucking important. Yeah. And if and also, too, this is the scary part. If you referenced all the work people did before you got in a relationship with them, you probably wouldn't be with nobody. Because mm. truth be told is is the prequel to you is all they have to offer you. So if they were like, I was in a toxic relationship, it was terrible, and then, you know, so how long you been broken up with the dude? They'd be like, uh, we broke up nine months ago or ten months ago, whatever it is. So within that nine months, how much self-development took place before you met me? If there's not enough self-development involved in that gap, then I'm getting residual fuckery. But but in reality is not a lot because, you know, what generally happens is you're going to spend three months like you're probably going to spend like two months like really back and forth fucking still. Yeah, texting here and there. still lingering a little yeah. bit. And then after that, when you all break up, break up, you just kind of like depressed, depressed. And, and you feeling the emotions of it all. Oh, yeah. And then uh, after that, you you might. You, on the other side, you still have like the residual effect. So you like posting the pictures on Instagram and trying to make the person jealous, and mm. you know you doing all this other stuff. Right. So I mean, inside of all that, you ain't really worked on yourself. No. And not to say that that's not enough time to work on yourself. I'm just saying right. the reality of like most people, like most people, they just right. not working on themselves. They mm-hmm. just like you know living life and blaming a partner for they for right. their relationship. Right. And then that whole time of the lack of accountability. What I've learned, too, about accountability is even when you're the victim, you still should be held accountable. And what I mean by that is nice this. facts. What I mean by that is this. Mm-hmm. When a woman cheats on you and hurts your feelings and, you know, you're depressed and you're going through all this shit, how many, how many red flags did you see during a relationship, sir? Mm-hmm. Why, why didn't you address it at that time? Mm-hmm. And people will call this victim blaming, but sometimes you got to blame the victim. Yeah. Right. We got to stop living in this world where it's like we just create these new languages. That's victim blaming. And it's like, well, the victim is also be to be blamed in some cases. They seen it. I heard an analogy that was awesome. They said before you before you notice that red before you notice that, that he used a, a light as an example. Before you notice that red light or what we would use a red flag, there's a yellow light, which means you need to slow down. Mm. And that that yellow light is for you to slow down and evaluate everything. Yeah. And then once you stop, that's when you like, oh no, this is it. So it shouldn't take a red. It shouldn't take a red light or I think, red flag for you to get it. You yeah. should be you should be observing what's going on before the shit is just foul. Yeah, I think that you should never like say if you got cheated on, right? You you in a relationship, you've been dating married for however long and you hadn't done anything that would um like you didn't cheat on her it wasn't a rebuttal it wasn't a response to anything you did you just a hard-working man and you just came home one day and your wife was cheating on you with another with another man i think that you should not you should never blame yourself for 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 those situations but i think that you know we need to be responsible for our lives right 100%. because if you if you 
have that idea or you just play this victim role mm-hmm. for your whole life, then you, you there's just no progress in that. And I think that, you know, like when when that does ha- happen, you just assess the situation like, you know, what could I do? What did I do in this relationship? If you find out that you did nothing, then boom, just move on with your life right. and figure out a way to, you know, try to minimize those, uh, mm-hmm. you know, those experiences and that could be you know one just knowing yourself better because sometimes like when we don't know ourselves or we get in these relationships with with certain people that may not be the best for us then you know sometimes you can put yourself in those situations so you know like you said in that 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 break period really developing yourself really you know understanding yourself and really putting yourself in a situation where that doesn't happen again um you know, you can set yourself up for success in your in your following relationship. But if you just sitting around like, I'm not good for anybody. Like nobody loves me and all this other stuff. Yeah, and not. you know what's what? Should I, what could I have done better? And yeah. I should have, you know, with the time when she asked me to do this, I should have done it. I should have brought her flowers yeah, and all this stuff. Much. It's like, nah, you didn't. You didn't do nothing wrong. But you can, you know, learn from that situation and do better next time. You can be a victim while simultaneously um, uh, stating, you know what. Um, I don't blame myself for her cheating on me. I can't do that. That was wrong. But I can blame myself for choosing a woman that was not the best fit for a relationship. Yeah. I could have done a better job evaluating who I should be with. Mm-hmm. That's where you take the blame. And it's not to beat yourself down. I think that we have these moments where we've, we've evaluated something as not suitable, not good, or whatever the case. But for some reason, we just stay in it. Mm-hmm. For some reason, we just stay along for the ride, mm-hmm. and then when the ride is too rough, it's too rocky. Then we like, oh my god, I can't believe that ride did that to me. Why did that ride do that? I can't believe the ride. Well, the the ride, you never would have been able to get on it unless you consented to it. Mm-hmm. You needed consent, mm-hmm. so nobody forced you to put a gun to your head. Mm-hmm. You know that's why when I hear certain men and women say stuff, bro, especially on the internet, these conversations are terrible. Mm-hmm. It would be a dude like, you know, these modern women, all they want to do is do this and they want to do that. And it's like, bro, you speaking from a traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. I know that it could be a little tr- little bit uh, challenging to find a decent partner in today's world. But at the same time, with that attitude, what the fuck do you think is going to happen, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. I think we could you know probably wrap it up here. But one thing I right. will say is just like the best thing that you could do for yourself and your life in any situation, whether it's a relationship, a job, whatever, you just take on the case that like you are, you are the driver, you know, I am the person that's either um, causing these relationships. And it's not I can't control what other people will do. I can't control if this boss wants to hire me, I can't control if this boss wants to fire me. But if you take responsibility for your role in every situation, and then I think um, no matter what happens in your life, you'll be able to bounce back much easier versus playing the victim your whole life. And, and some motherfuckers will be a victim their whole motherfucking life. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it multiple times. Yeah. It's like, bro, you... You fucking 38, man. You can't get that <laughs> shit, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and switch gears. Switching gears. Uh, the Montgomery, Alabama brawl. Um, I think I think that the internet has oversaturated all of you guys with this, this news. So I just, me personally, I chose to have a different take on it, right? 
Now, we all know what happened. You know, the brawl that went on and X and Y. Because you've been beat over the head on TikTok. Mm-hmm. You've been beat over the head on YouTube. been beat over the head on the news with this shit. You know what it looked like? It looked like like Avengers Endgame. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it's just a bunch of people just like just running at each other. <laughs> like, the nigga with the hat was Thanos. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, man. I, my thing is, is I've never been that mad where I would throw my own hat off. <laughs> it's like, I paid a lot of money for this hat. Yeah. I might. I, well, look, I, I'm going to flip the hat backwards at least. I ain't throwing this off. You're not going to throw it off? Nah, just flip yeah. it flip it backwards and we can get busy that way. Yeah. But yeah, man. Um Obviously, there was a fight, and mm. uh, that had ensued on mm. over there. Um, let me click on this link here. All right, all right. There, one of the guys has just got in some serious trouble, though. For the guy that hit the hit the a person with the chair, mm-hmm. they just got him. His name is Reggie Ray. Uh, so this is the developments of it because mm-hmm. going through the whole story again is just it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, Reggie Ray seen hitting people with chair at Montgomery Riverfront brawl is arrested. A black man seen wielding a chair uh, has been arrested in connection with the Riverfront brawl in Montgomery last weekend. Police said Reggie, 42, surrendered to authorities Friday afternoon. He is charged with disorderly conduct and being held in Montgomery's municipal jail. Efforts to reach Ray who has drawn nationwide support and uh, inspired many memes over the past week, has been unsuccessful. He is the fifth person charged in an ongoing investigation to the melee that started Saturday evening when crew members of the Harriet um, were unable to dock the cruise boat because the private pontoon boat was in the way. A now notorious melee ensued, including punches and even a chair all caught on multiple cell phone videos. Mm-hmm. Ray, previously identified as by police as Reggie Gray, is the first person charged who was not on the on the pontoon boat. Those from the pontoon boat have been charged are Mary, Mary Todd, um, third-degree assault, Richard Roberts, 48, two counts of third-degree assault, Alan Todd, 23, uh, one count of third-degree assault, damn, Zachary, uh, then Chase Shipman, on one count of third degree assault. All charges are misdemeanors. Uh, Code Captain Damian Pickett, 43, a black man, along with 16 year old white young man, were victims in the charges involving a pontoon boat occupants. This <laughs> is, and uh, there's more to that story, too, because this part of it is crazy. Um, but this is more, this is not hearsay. It was just on a phone call, and I've seen this on TikTok. That the 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 white individuals that happened to be in that brawl, they needed to get some medical attention after that happened, mm-hmm. and they ended up going to a local hospital. You know, but the 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 majority of that area happens to be black people, mm-hmm. so they got to the hospital and was calling them niggers, <laughs> right? But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. What ended up happening is is because there was a lot of black staff there. Uh, and black medical professionals, they called the police. Mm. They called the police on medical professionals. And then after they called the police on them, the cops showed up and said, hey, you are either going to get care or you can leave. Mm-hmm. And they left. These niggas rather die than get help from That like shit is wild. Staff. But yeah. imagine this, though. Imagine you not. And it's, there were some people trying to say, absolve them of you know being racist. There's like, 
you know, if they probably weren't racist, they probably were just drinking. But then they find out they're calling medical staff niggers. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like that's wild, bro. Yeah. So you get beat up because you caused that you 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 started the the bullshit. Yeah. And then you try to jump that older black dude. The hat, the hat flipper. The hat flipper guy, and he said, fuck it. And then a bunch <laughs> of black people came out of nowhere. One dude jumped in the water, swam, jumped back out, and then one motherfucker got punched through his Crocs. The one that jumped in the water body slammed somebody so crazy. My God, that dude. That nigga should have been on WWE. My God. That was wild. But mm-hmm. my thing is, what I really wanted to talk about today was those fucking Crocs. Mm-hmm. How do you get whooped out of your Crocs, man? <laughs> And you know, and and the first thing, not the first thing, but after a few days, I was like, "Yo, this has to be terrible marketing for fucking Crocs." Mm-hmm. As much as these Crocs are starting to cost, if you just get into one street fight <laughs> and your feet bust through them, that's terrible fucking PR. <laughs> like, hey, I mean, I had, I mean, I had a boxing match in my Crocs, and they busted through all the way up my legs. <laughs> That's fucked up. And <laughs> and what's wild is that what are the odds? I understand your foot went through it. It went up here like, okay. But I could see one foot, but both of them? <laughs> what event, right? What 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 am I looking for? Like what laws of gravity or <laughs> laws of inertia <laughs> took place that made your feet fucking fly through the goddamn crock? <laughs> Do I need a reference to periodic table key? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what chemical right. I don't know what chemical bond is. Right. Is with the crocs. Right. Yeah. Oh my God, man. Like what what liquid, what solid? Like what the fuck happened? Oh man. Yeah, them crocs, man. They, yeah, they gotta go back to the Well, I would say I don't know if when they did their studies, I'm sure they have people mostly w- walking and maybe doing a little bit of light jogging. I don't know if they studied any nigga getting his ass whooped to see if the the, the, the kicks are sturdy. Oh, my God. And what's wild, too, I'm going to be honest. If I was a white man, I wouldn't trust black people around chairs right now. <laughs> this yeah. is a tough time. Yeah. Black people over here doing chair, chair jitsu and shit. <laughs> there is another dude, a black dude, hitting this white dude with a chair. And mm-hmm. it, it made the news, too. This is wild, bro. Yeah. Okay, let me go back here because I got that article too. It's a, like a subtopic of this. You know what I could see from Crocs in like five years, maybe six years? They can make their way into the NBA. Ooh, making actual shoes. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm just throwing a name out there. Like a guy like Kyrie Irving, you know what I mean? Like mm. having his own Croc sneaker, you know? Mm. Uh, I could see it. Yeah. I can see it, but then bad PR is the fucking, he goes up for a dunk and his fucking foot blasts through the shoe. <laughs> it's like, oh, good. And he the one, he needs some ankle support because that nigga be out there crossing the world. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, you, you get him, you know. Oh, I guess they removed Lizzo from the Super Bowl, too. She got removed. She's supposed to perform? Yeah, she's supposed to perform. Dang. Yeah, but when you're fat, calling people fat, that doesn't look good, Lizzo. Tough loss. Yeah. And that's right. the only thing she's losing because she ain't losing no weight. Oh, that was terrible, Keith. All right. All right. Uh, black man beats white man with a folding chair in Detroit. This is just a completely different situation. And this guy uses a chair. Black man beats white man with a folding chair in Detroit. Um, after what happened in Montgomery, social media cannot get enough of it. While some people are, some people may not understand 
uh, what the excitement is about. It's black people sticking together. In addition, if those people didn't help the dock worker, there's no telling what would have happened to that man. Now there is an altercation in Detroit that's getting a lot of attention. It's another black white fight and the black man turned to a folding chair. Oh my God. And it was bad. He hit he hit the fuck out of him. Black folks, I tell you, man, um let's let's not hit white people with chairs, man. <laughs> right? If they now, had a line. If yeah, but it's the difference. If they got a weapon and they're coming at you, you know, let, let's keep the fight fair, man. Yeah, you, you gotta know? throw them hands. Yeah, try to throw the hands, man. But yeah. hey, when all else fails, grab that chair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It showed uh, it showed Martin Luther King, and it said like, uh, and he was, and it was like his statue, and yeah. then it like they photoshopped the chair on his hand, and mm. it said like, by any means necessary. <laughs> Somebody said it was a charity event. <laughs> 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 I just made that up. I didn't, oh, didn't that was a good one. That. that was, that was <laughs> convenient. A charity event. <laughs> if I, like, if I'm a white guy and I'm out with my wife, and you know we got our you know got our kids with me or whatever, and we go into an establishment and I see about you know maybe ten or fifteen black folks there, mm-hmm. that's not a big deal. The black people aren't a problem. Yeah. But when I see ninety chairs, I'm like, hey babe, we got to get out of here. <laughs> they got they, they got us out chaired here. There's <laughs> 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 too many goddamn chairs in here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, them, them, them chairs wasn't just. You gotta understand, like a chair is a chair, bro. I don't care if the chair is the plastic ones. Yeah. If you get hit with a fucking chair, yeah, that's gonna hurt, man. Have you ever seen that that video where Fifty Cent is like fighting with somebody and they just throwing chairs at each other? Oh yeah! Oh my god! Yeah, that mug's dangerous. I'm gonna tell you the most crazy chair incident I probably ever seen, and it was with these with these. Uh, Waffle House employees. Mm-hmm. It, the fucking melee broke out into the place, and the Waffle House employees beat everybody. <laughs> and, the, and the baddest one was this white girl. The white girl was fucking everybody <laughs> up. And then somebody threw a chair at the white girl, and she caught it. Oh my gosh! She's like, "What's up now, like motherfucker?" Yes, they. She somebody threw a chair at the white girl. She caught the motherfucker. Mm-hmm. She's like, "What's up now, motherfucker?" I'm like, "Hey, that's why uh, the Waffle House thing was blowing up." Yeah. Because they some people try to fuck with the Waffle House workers. They all was sticking together, too. Dang. Like, that's the thing people don't understand. Y'all think y'all could just disrespect fast food employees and employees at these jobs. You don't know how close that crew is. Right? Yeah. So if my thing is, if I got a waitress, right? Let's say I'm I'm a cook, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm a cook, but I'm a, I'm a cook. I'm in the back. Nobody can see me, but I just did, you know, eight to ten years in prison. I'm super swole. But everybody on the crew loves me, and I get along with everybody, and I find out you calling my waitress a bitch, and I got to come out there and tell you, hey, man, don't do that. Yeah. And then now we got a problem. All I'm saying is you don't know somebody's background. If that cook come from out the back, and then all the fucking restaurant employees come up, you're mm-hmm. going to get your ass whooped, bro. But it's like, it's like uh, you know, training camp is going on right now. It's preseason right. uh, in the NFL. And we see, Tempers. you know, fights breaking out in games and practices and, mm-hmm. you know, little skirmishes and stuff like that. And mind you, these dudes don't really know each other. They're not eating no. dinner with the – it's a couple guys, like the veterans that have been on the team that they may hang out in the off season and go to certain camps. You see, like we're 49ers fans, we see Trey Lance popping up at uh, uh, George Kittle camps and stuff like that. Right. Um, so these guys – there's some of these guys that know each other. But – um, for the most part, it's a bunch of niggas from all across the country that have no idea who, you know, they don't know nobody. They don't know their parents' name, nothing. Right. And uh, 
you'll see the skirmish break out, but they all got each other back. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with these restaurants. Like, you're all wearing the same uniform. You're all putting in hours at this establishment that you just you just trying to get by. You're just mm -hmm. trying to make ends meet. Yep. And if, if, if a, a, a customer come in, start talking crazy... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would personally want to jump from behind the uh, cash register. Yeah, too, if you, to you already having a bad day, if you already having a bad day, and one of your employees is being physically assaulted, mm -hmm. I feel like if you got a cool shift leader and everything too, y'all could get out there and beat their ass and go right back to work. <laughs> so you want to disrespect a, a McDonald's employee, and you get a McHook to the jaw. Yeah, you get a McHook, you get a McJab. You know, it's up to you, yeah. man. Order 267, order 267. And just go out there and beat somebody ass and come right back. Order 268, order 268. Uh, they're like, order 268, bitch ass nigga. Order 269. I got your food, motherfucker. Y'all beat your ass. Here's your food, bitch. Get out of my store. Now what? And what? That's I'm crazy. sure that has happened before. Yeah. Yeah. If you got it, bro, if your shift supervisor at McDonald's is, is if you they one of them real cool people, like they let you eat food and shit and take food home and everybody mm -hmm. get along because everybody, everybody can bond over the fact that that's a shit job and, and they all get along like that. Mm -hmm. Right. It happens. But once you disrespect them people, man, you, you mess with the boy, you're going to get the horns. Yeah. Yeah, you get the motherfucking. Especially the, it's a lot of customers. I hate when a customer is like, "It's McDonald's, bro." Yeah, like chill out. obviously you want your food because you worked hard and you might be spending like twenty dollars on a meal or something like that. But you know you don't have the right to spend twenty dollars on a meal and just be super yelling and disrespectful. screaming. Yeah, the that, fuck don't, up. that don't that don't work. I had to tell him one motherfucker one day the way he was just being so disrespectful, right? Um, my thing is, I let things go. I try not to ever insert myself in, you know, uh, situations like that. Mm -hmm. But I just told one dude, I said, like, "Hey, is that necessary, brother?" Mm -hmm. He's like, "I'm good, man. I'm good." I said, "No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not good, bro." Mm -hmm. And then he just kind of ignored me after that. But it's like you a grown ass man. Like, well, that's not what I said. No, if you were listening, you would have seen that I ordered a Mickey Ficky burger with this. And it's like, dude, like, bro, it's a hamburger, bro. bro you could have, if you this mad, you could have went home and made some your goddamn self. Yeah. Don't don't do that, man. Mm -hmm. Don't. Whenever they get my order wrong or it's cold, I come back very extra respectful. Mm -hmm. I say, hey, I'm sorry to ask, but uh, the burger I got it just seemed really it might, it might be a little older, so mm -hmm. I wonder if I could get one made fresh. And I I don't mind waiting the extra time. Mm -hmm. and they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll be like, it's not a problem. I'll just I'll just wait. But yeah. thank you, right? Yeah. And then I, they make it the right way. I'm like, hey, thank you. You have a good day. Right? It's like, been sometimes. We always, we, everybody make mistakes, man. These are human 100%. beings that, back there, and they, you know, they trying their best. I don't think nobody is intentionally trying to get your order wrong. So Right. Yeah. Right. And then some people are like, fucking idiot McDonald's workers. They always fuck my order up every fucking time, man. Stupid ass worker. And it's like, hold on a minute, brother. Hold on a minute. The only time me personally I get annoyed at like customer service like that is if they lie. Is if they what do you call what do you call like a lie that the person believes is true, but they're still lying. Does that make sense? It's like say for example, I'm like um a perceived truth. Yeah. Like, like say you for you perceive it as truth, but it's completely fucking false. 
Yeah, like I, I'll say like I'll be like, hey Eddie, like when the last time the Niners won a Super Bowl? And you'd be like, oh, 2015. And in your heart of hearts, you believe that's true. But when we look it up on Google, it's, wrong. it's not true. I get disappointed in those situations, especially like employees, because they are supposed to know the answer to mm. questions. So the like the latest thing for me, um, like I mentioned before, I got vending machines. So I've been calling customer service and, you know, just trying to figure some stuff out because it'd be like technical stuff you got to deal with. Um, and one of the things that I uh, that I've experienced is like I have a couple older vending machines and they they need the um, like the motherboards upgraded. And I called one of the ladies one day. This happened on two occasions. So I called one of the ladies one day and she answered the phone. And I was like, hey, I was just wondering, before I order this part, um, is it possible to actually upgrade? And does it work on this machine? And she was like, uh, what year is it? She was like, what year is it? And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't actually know. She was like, what model is it? And I was like, oh, it's the model, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, no, yeah, you can't upgrade that one. It's only, uh, you can buy a new one, but you can't upgrade it. And I was like, oh, okay. But I was like, in my mind, I was like, that don't really make sense. Just, yeah. Like, why wouldn't you be able to, to upgrade? You can upgrade pretty much any part on the machine. So I called another person, you know, a couple of weeks later. And he was like, yeah, uh, what, which, which board do you have? And I was like, yeah, I got this one. He was like, yeah, you should be able to upgrade that one, you know, without any problems. And I was like, see, that's the thing. Yeah. And then I, then another situation... <clears throat> I was talking to like one of the secretaries at the school and I'm like, Hey, um, you know, my name is Keith. I, I got a vending uh, machine business. I was trying to get, um, you know, uh, I was trying to put a vending machine at your school. And she was like, what are you trying to do again? I was like, yeah, I'm trying to, uh, you know, I have a vending machine business. I was trying to, you know, put a vending machine at, at the school. And she was like, yeah, you got to call the district for that. And I was like, what? So I called the district. I talked to the guy. And he was like, we just kind of had a laugh about it. He was like, yeah, like, you know. I was like, I knew this wasn't real. I just had a oh call just God. in case. He was like, yeah, you don't call us for that. You got to talk to the principal. So I called back again. I was like, hey, I just want to talk to the principal. This is, you know, I have a vending machine business. She was like, oh, okay, perfect. So what I'll do is I'll send her an email right now. Give me your name and your number and then, you know, best you know, best contact to reach you back. And I'll send her an email. And she'll call you back. I would, I would call this like a, a endorsed fallacy. Mm. Like you're endorsing something that's false, as and you're 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 pushing it off as if you have information that you don't. Mm. You shouldn't be endorsing anything you have not properly researched. You're just telling me anything to get me off the phone right now. Yeah, that's all you're doing, and mm -hmm. you you don't even know if it's accurate or not. But you think that it sounds secure to just lie to me or tell me something that you. Tell me something that you think is true, but you haven't done the work to prove yourself to be correct. Yeah, I, I think that, honestly, a lot of people feel stupid saying, I don't know. Oh, my God, dude. That's, oh, my God. <laughs> you have to say that. Like, hey, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know. Because what happens is this. The moment you say something and you just throw anything out there, you've just endorsed something that you shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And now you now you're gonna be some of the liability is going to be on you, mm -hmm. right? So let's say for example, if you're over the phone, you tell somebody something that's inaccurate information, they follow up on it, and they end up having just the most horrible experience based off what you told them. Mm -hmm. Now what happens is you're gonna call back, hey, Emily told me to put this in my machine, and it ruined my, it completely ruined my machine. My machine. Mm -hmm. Is there any way I could get some help? Because now my machine's broken, and uh, now Emily 
is going to be like, I didn't tell him that. I, mm-hmm. I didn't say anything about that. Mm-hmm. It's like you you have to be careful with because, the shit that's coming yeah, out of your mouth. Yeah, because somebody's going to have to clean up that mess. And it, there's been a situation where I've called and I've gotten like misinformation or like my, my question has kind of gotten mishandled in that same way. Right. And I had a call again. And, um, you know, basically I, I try to buy some and I try to ship it overnight. And when I um, when I purchase the things, I end up getting like the wrong like I didn't even need to buy whatever I was getting. And then, you know, they they didn't end up shipping it overnight. It took like seven days for me to get it and stuff. And then somebody had to rectify that. So it's just better if that person just said, I don't know. Let me ask my supervisor. I don't know. Let me ask my partner over here. Mm -hmm. Then it would have been much, much smoother. So, yeah, just stop. I think, you know, just say I don't know sometimes, man. Yeah, that definitely that'll definitely help you out. Mm-hmm. All right, I think it's fair we can go ahead and move along. Anything else? Nah, nothing else there. All right, let's go ahead and switch gears. Switching gears, Tory Lanes. Uh, for all those that uh, know, Tory Lanes has been sentenced to ten years. God dang. Yeah, yeah, Tory Lanes. Um, and here's the article. We'll read this real quick. Tory Lane sentenced to 10 years for shooting Megan Thee Stallion in the foot. The Canadian rapper was found guilty of shooting a hip-hop superstar after Los Angeles party July 2020. Uh, Canadian rapper Tory Lanez was sentenced to 10 years in prison after he was found guilty for shooting a hip-hop megastar. Uh, the hearing began Monday and wrapped up Tuesday, ending a high-profile case in which twenty-eight uh, Megan 28 was subjected to what prosecutors call repeated and grotesque attacks. Mm. It cast a spotlight on the scrutiny black women face when they report abuse. Mm. Um, uh, Lanes, whose real name is Daystar Peterson. That's a weird name. Um, uh, shot Megan, the three-time Grammy winner, whose legal name is Megan Pete, um, after a party in Hollywood Hills after uh, home of reality star and makeup mogul Kylie Jenner. On July 12, 2020, a jury convicted Lanes, 31, who pleaded not guilty of three felony charges in December, assault with a semi-automatic firearm, carrying a loaded unregistered firearm in a vehicle, and discharging a firearm with gross negligence. Um, wearing an orange jumpsuit, Lanes addressed the court before he before the judge handed down his sentence. He apologized for his actions and said he took full responsibility for the 2020 shooting. If I could change it, I would. But I can't, he said. Everything I did that night, I take full responsibility. He added, I truly am trying to be a better person. Man, look here, dog. Um, all the time he got, it sounds about right. Um, you never heard me and Keith trying to defend Tory Lanez. I could never go to bat for a man that abused a woman, shot a woman, whatever. That shit weak, bro. And sometimes I've seen some men trying to defend Tory Lanes and I'm like, dog, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you What are you doing? And it's not even like a woman, whatever thing shooting anybody, bro. That's bad. But dog, you shot a woman and you on trial for that? Like I can't defend a man remotely who is even in that situation. All I could do is let the the jury, the the judicial system, figure that shit out. Mm-hmm. You don't get no sympathy from me. Um, I more or less wanted to bring this up, too, because of how his family is reacting to this. And I'll tell you this. Let's see here. Um, Tori's dad says their family forgives Megan Thee Stallion, right? Tori's dad continues to be vocal in the wake of his son being convicted of the shooting of Megan Thee Stallion. Now the rap coroner's father is 
uh, oh, crooners, whatever the hell that means, rap crooners' father, is a revealing that their family has forgiven Megan on Thursday. Sunstars Peterson, God, his name is fucked up too. Peterson, <laughs> Sunstar and Daystar. Yeah, y'all niggas both need to go to jail. All right, lengthy video on. They got like so- superhero names. Yeah, they going when Daystar. Yeah, by the time uh, he go to prison, his name gonna be Gaystar. Oh my uh, gosh. Um, <laughs> weighing in on the verdict that his son facing up to twenty two years in prison when he sends when he is sentenced next month during the rant. Sunstar revealed the animosity they had towards Megan Thee Stallion is gone. Let me be very clear when I say this. What I don't like about this is this. I don't care who you are. Son, daughter, cousin, brother, uncle, friend. When you do something that is against the code of our relationship, I don't support you. We could be friends, but if you beat a woman, I can't fuck with you no more. I, that's You know how you talk about the bro code, right? Mm-hmm. The bro code. Part of the bro code is not beating women. Part of the, the bro code is not raping women. Part of the bro code is not shooting women. When you do shit like that, I don't fuck with you. I don't hang around men that don't take care of their kids. That's a deal breaker. That's a low integrity thing. I can't hang out with people like that because imagine this. You get married or you have kids. Do you think it's okay to be hanging around, around a motherfucker that beats women while you got a woman and you got a daughter or you got whatever? They, no, you can't be around characters like this. Mm-hmm. So I don't give a fuck if you're my son. If you are on trial for shooting a woman, you got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're my son, but I didn't raise you to shoot women. You fucking figure it out. Yeah. That ain't that ain't it. We have to start holding our family members accountable. I don't give a fuck who they are to you and how much you say you love them. If you really love somebody, you look them in the face and you be honest with them. Mm-hmm. And you say, hey. You on trial for doing some shit that I never raised you to do. You mm-hmm. and this shit alone. Mm-hmm. You my son. I love you, but you. This is not what the fuck I raised you to be. Mm-hmm. This is what you did. Yeah. So no, that 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 whole situation, the shooting of a woman, the rape of a woman, you probably get disowned. Mm-hmm. That like what what can I do with you at that point, man? Yeah. That's some that's some unforgivable shit. Mm-hmm. And I did see some men out there, like academics and some other people, like, yo, yo, this bitch is lying. She gotta be lying. And then they get to court, and the evidence shows that this motherfucker really did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's that to me is wild. I think that um I think one, the the trial wasn't about Tory Lane shooting right. Meg the Stallion. It was much more like uh nuanced than that. You know, there was assault charges and and stuff like that that, that went into it and, and none of it he didn't they didn't have to prove that he actually shot her. They just had to prove that he was you know, had a weapon in the vicinity. He was brandishing a weapon and stuff like that. And they did enough in that court case to prove that um, that he did those things. And I think that, uh, you know, there are situations that when we're situations where we're very aware of where uh, black men are, you know, wrongfully convicted and mm. dang their own death roll or maybe died 
um, on death death row um, and was uh, ultimately prove, proven innocent. And, you know, there's situations that do happen like that. But that's not every situation. So we can't chalk that up as like the, that. that's what happened in this situation. So I think that, you know, with the evidence that they produce and the, the witnesses and stuff that they had and the witnesses that don't know Tory Lanez or Meg Thee Stallion from, you know, anybody walking down the street, like these are just human beings to them. Um, they 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 won the trial and, you know, Tory Lanez paid top dollar to, you know, to 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 for a lawyer to to help him, you know, beat this case. And, and he lost. And um I think, you know, kind of going back to what you said, taking the angle of the family. Me personally, I'm more of a, you know, unconditional, you know, I, not necessarily that I um, am, o- am okay with, you know, if Tory Lanez was my cousin, and, you know, would I be okay with what he did? I think, you know, what he did is still wrong, but, you know, I would still, I wouldn't disown anybody for, for a situation like that. I would still... I would still love them, um, and I would still, you know, communicate with them, as, you know, as my cousin. But, uh, you know, that what he did was was not okay. And I think that having the this blind, uh, this blind faith that just because that's my son, yeah, just because that's work. my brother, just because that's my favorite artist, that that means that they they couldn't do it. That that's that's not real. No, you know what I mean? Really like they sat in front of a jury and. The, he got convicted and now he's you know he's serving 10 years in prison so yeah. i just don't understand this uh this world where it's like because he's Tory Lanez or because he's a R&B singer or a rapper or whatever the case may be that this is not possible that's the same type of situation that happened with a lot of these serial killers like oh that's a woman she couldn't she couldn't be a serial killer Oh, Ted Bundy, he's like, you know, people were literally saying he's handsome. He just mm. doesn't really look like he could be right. a serial killer. Like, no, <laughs> like we need to look at evidence, not right. that just because he got a record deal or he's a millionaire, all these other stuff like these. Anybody is capable of being anything. A predator, yeah. yeah so. I'll say this, though. I think we have a hierarchy of um, what we feel like we would allow or, 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 or disown or not disown a family member for. You know, if we we choose to still talk to them or deal with them after they, you know, they shoot a woman and we don't want to disown them. I think that these conversations start to change when you find out that they're raping women. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a multiple repeat person that's raping women, I don't want to fuck with you. I got Mm -hmm. none. I don't want to sit down and talk to a rapist, homie. We got nothing to talk about no more. Mm -hmm. You know, we might have memories and photos and things together. You can keep those over there. I don't want nothing to do with you Mm -hmm. because especially when you got. Women that's gonna be in your life, I we you can't have no barbecue and be at my house. Mm-hmm. You can't come and talk and and hang out with people and like that shit is dead, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's that's the thing. That's where it gets. That's where it gets hard. Mm-hmm. You know, but we got to start having these conversations with ourselves, bro. Because it's some it's some dudes that will maintain they they innocence, knowing that they done some things and violated women and shit. And be like, I'm still maintaining my innocence. It's like, bro, all the DNA came back, bro. You raped these women, mm-hmm. right? And you can maintain your innocence. And sometimes when people maintain their innocence and they get out, they still got family. Like, we know you didn't do it. We know we know they lied on you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now y'all out here just ch- just chilling, hanging out with a rapist, bro? Mm-hmm. Nah. Yeah, that's that tough, man. That ain't it, man. I know it's, it. it's been some situations. I don't know. I, th- I think for me, I tend to like... 
um, you know, I don't. It's it's tough. It's it's not like uh, mm-hmm. you know you just want to like be, you know, going to the movies with people that's like actively doing things or like you know that's convicted mm-hmm. of things. I tend to lean towards like, and I haven't experienced all of the situations. I have experienced some of those, mm-hmm. you know, those things that you talked about, and you and you know I have been able to cope with certain people, but I think that uh, it's been situations here in Bakersfield where like prominent people. You know, prominent family names have had, you know, people that have been um, um, convicted of watching child pornography. Yeah, and like, shit like that. And it, and yeah, and it's just like, dog, like, how do you navigate that? You know, just, that, you got that, the same last name, and you know, yeah. that's your family, and it's just, it's tough, man. Think about how weird that gotta be, bro. Yeah, like, imagine, right? Because I would say a vast majority of people watch porn, right? Mm-hmm. They won't admit it, but they watch it. So you watching porn, what goes to your mind like, man, where the kids at? Like, yeah. nigga, what? Yeah, and a lot of those people be working with kids. They be yeah. teachers and principals and, you know, yeah. staff and yeah, coaches bro. and stuff like that. If I find out that a teacher watching child porn or they got busted, they, they had allegations of child porn on their computer, I don't want you nowhere near my fucking kids. Yeah. I'll pull my kid out that school if they let you keep your job. Nah, that ain't happening. Ain't no way. You got to pass a background check to be working with kids. Well, no, what I'm saying is if you get convicted or they, they say, or not convicted, but you get accused of it. Yeah. And you, let's say you haven't been suspended yet or whatever the case. I'm What I'm saying is that is not happening in I no capacity. You, not now. Yeah. Huh? Nah, nah. That if you got any... Any inkle, there was a situation, like, and I don't want to, like, be too detailed, but there was a situation mm-hmm. at a school where a kid, I mean a kid, but a, a a teacher was accused of, you know, texting back and forth with, with a kid, and he got he got let go immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, come to find out, you know, at least from what I heard, it wasn't, that wasn't actually the case. What they were saying ended up happening was they found his social media mm-hmm. and then they were shooting him messages and stuff like that and then they they like kind of falsely accused him of you know yeah. kind of doing it but yeah so i'm saying even in that case they let him go and then the, the investigation you know pursued and probably what they ended up doing was giving him a job at a different school mm. you know after they after it boiled over but yeah they don't Man. play they don't play with stuff like no. that no yeah. what's scary too is that some some scenarios i've seen there was a woman who was married to who was also very attractive mm-hmm. um and she was fucking one of her students and he was like 14 or something 15 mm-hmm. and it's like oh my god like how is this happening but here's the problem the problem is, is what I just said. I was like, she was very attractive. So when when you say she was very attractive, what it starts to do is starts to dismiss the fact that she could be capable of being a predator. Yeah, yeah. And that's the problem. We can't like we, they look a certain way, in right? Our, in our mind, we have it that these the people that are messing with kids, they look like they look a certain way or whatever, right? Yeah. Just like it, this is why I would tell women too to be careful who you call creeps. You know that handsome dude that approached you at the gym that smelled like cologne and he was buff? That dude probably a rapist, but you don't know it because he's handsome and mm-hmm. he's walking up to you and you think he's cute. And, you know, you, he says, hey, we should go hang out on a date. But that's the last motherfucker you should be around. Mm-hmm. Right. This is why it's important. It's, yeah. Im- it's important to stop evaluating people off metrics that don't add up. Mm-hmm. 
That that safety that used to play for the Saints, Darren Sharper. Darren that, Sharper. He was a serial rapist. Yeah. Rich. Like, like sickening to where like Sickening. He, he just kind of had to do it. He was drugging them and raping them. He was uh uh one of the best safeties in the league. Shit, pretty much almost destined for like a Hall of Fame career, right? Uh I don't know about that, but he was really good. He's really good. Yeah. Okay. Well, Darren was a really good safety. Mm-hmm. Uh good looking dude. Right, so you would look at the dude, rich NFL. Why does this guy have it to rape anybody? Make sense. But these women started coming forward saying, "I was drugged, I was raped, and it's this dude, it's this dude." Da, da, da. But here's the thing, though, that we we talked about this scenario. There were women like that were agreeing to have threesomes with him and all kind of stuff because they felt comfortable with him. Damn. Because when when a woman will see a handsome NFL rich football player. They just felt like this guy's not capable of being a fucking predator. Mm-hmm. And that's what women got to be careful with that shit. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't get comfortable with a motherfucker because he looked the way you want him to look. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's motherfuckers that look like Michael B. Jordan, the serial rapist. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? You got to watch yourself out here. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's wild. It's a, it's a Google. It's like people also ask like the, the questions on Google. Uh-huh. It's a, how's Darren Sharper doing? Oh, my God. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That's kind of going back to the, the point that I had who, earlier. Who asked that question? It doesn't have a person. It's just like, oh. it's just a people also ask. Whoever so. asked that question, they must be trying to get raped. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, shit, this nigga's a rapist. What? <laughs> but that goes back to the point I was telling you before the pod about the the script that I was working on, like, that's like people like I was watching an interview with like uh, Charles Manson or something like that. And the first question, um, it might have been Ted and it's somebody, one of these serial killers. But the first question from the reporter is like, how are you doing? Oh, my God. It's like, who cares? Who cares? This nigga murdered 30 people. And then, you you know, at the end of the Charles Manson interview, there's a... um, one of the reporters, they're like taking a picture together and they're like kind of smiling and this you know, they're weird. just kind of hanging out. And I'm just like, yo, this is it's so it's so weird that we have this like, uh, like it we almost like for, forget that like this person like brutally murdered, yeah, this X amount of people. It's weird the shit that they do, like even with Aaron Hernandez when he when he was on trial. And he was on trial for murdering multiple people. And women were like, I'm sorry, he is so fucking fine. And it's like, he fucking murdered someone and took him from their family. Yeah. What's wrong with y'all? And I kept seeing it over and over again. Like, I know he's not the greatest, but oh God, he is so fine. And it's like, see, that's why you that's how you get fucked up. Yeah. Doing that type of shit. That's how you get fucked up. Yeah. He gonna smile in your face. And then when you turn around, he's gonna shoot you in the motherfucking head. Yeah, because you're so mesmerized. You're so mesmerized, and you glam. And you're you're freaking. What do you uh, what do you call it? Uh, when you uh, look up to somebody, what do you call it? Is it glamorizing somebody? Uh, I think so. Yeah, it's late. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was another one. There was some girl that was locked up, and she had like a. What do you call those pictures when you get locked, when they arrest you? Uh, like a mugshot? She had a mugshot, but mm-hmm. she was fucking beautiful, right? 
Yeah. And they was like, I don't know what crime she did, but please let her out and all of this shit. Yeah, and you look, kill at, you. you look at the charges and it'd be like armed robbery, of, yeah. you know, uh, uh, intent to kill, yeah. uh, you know, shooting, sh- uh, uh, drive-by shooting, and all kind of crazy shit. Yep. And you're like, no, nah, keep her ass in there. Mm-hmm. Keep her in there, bro. Yeah. You acting like your dick is medicine or something. It's going to help her not be a thug. She a yeah. thug. Leave her in that fucking prison. <laughs> that's one thing about men, too. Men are so fucking stupid. They'll be like. They'll, yeah, that's real. Be, it ain't It ain't low-key. It ain't just women. Because if a, if a right. uh, an attractive woman has a mugshot that float around, and it, it'll go viral just like Prison Bay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Prison Bay. Yeah, Prison mm-hmm. Bay was that light-skinned dude. Mm-hmm. He's a real model now. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy how a motherfucker would be a criminal and you reward them because they're handsome <laughs> or they're they're pretty. What's yeah. what, what's weird about that? I'm gonna tell you the weirdest thing about society. When society looks at someone who is very conventionally attractive, they are rewarding people for something they had no. They did no work to look like that. All yeah. they did was be born. Yeah. When you see a woman that got a big old booty and big old titties and she's super fine, mm. right? And all these dudes are doing they. All these dudes are doing extra shit. They trying to get her attention. Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. She did absolutely fucking nothing but have big titties. Yeah. It's all genetics. Mm-hmm. And we acting like these people got the cure to cancer or some shit. <laughs> yeah. That's so fucking weird that we do that. Yeah. Fellas, ladies and gentlemen, stop doing that shit, yo. Mm-hmm. Just, just stop it, please. Yo, prison bait, uh, he winning out here. He what got happened? a billionaire girlfriend pregnant. Wow. Oh, he been in there fucking the shit out of her. Yeah. So she going to bail him out every time he get locked up. <laughs> yeah. He got a billionaire girlfriend? Yeah. But see, think about this, though. The only way you get access to a woman like that is being handsome. He had to do nothing. He didn't yeah. have to have no game. You know what I hear women say, too? And I've I've seen this. They'll be like, you know what? If you want to talk to me, you learn how to have a conversation and do this and do that. And it's just like oh, and the vibes and all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You know the best way to get a woman's attention? Be handsome. That's really it. That's the number one yeah. way. Yeah. Be handsome is the number one way. You got to start doing more work when you're not as conventionally handsome. That's when all your... Um, what do you Riz. call it? The, the, no, not Riz, nigga. <laughs> I know it's late, but come on, Key. Fuck. The Riz. That's what niggas are saying now. Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm 38. We ain't saying no Riz. <laughs> That's when all of your humor and shit starts to play. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're minorly attractive, or you, I think you need to have an idea of where you exist on the attractiveness spectrum. Yeah. When you have a realistic outlook on yourself, and you're not delusional, or yeah. if, you, if you're delusional or you're too down on yourself. That's a problem. But look, looks matter when you broke. That's like a that's like a regular nigga conversation. That's a when good you point. Got, when you got money, it don't matter how you look. But when you come up like, yo, I'm Jay-Z. <laughs> what are you doing? That nigga Jay-Z get any girl he wants. He get any woman he want. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about the man like that, but he's not the most conventionally attractive person. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think he would bag Beyonce. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's a, like you mentioned, yeah, Rich. What he say is like, I'm a millionaire. I'm cute. What he say? <laughs> I forgot. But I know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I was like, damn. <laughs> even even uh, Biggie said it. Black and ugly as ever. However, mm. I get coochie down to the socks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah, he's talking about he got money. Mm-hmm. 
When he said that, however, that's like, yeah, you know what that means. Black and ugly as ever, however. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Twinkies, chicken, breakfast. He started talking about food a lot before he died. <laughs> like, cheese, eggs, steak, and Walter's drink. Have a, what is it? Conversate for a few, because in a few we going to do what we came to do. Ain't that right, bro? Mm-hmm. You missed the part, bro. Yeah, you don't give me the quote in Biggie. True. Oh, okay, yeah. I got to yeah. look at the lyrics. You got to look at the lyrics, man. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Be like, oh, you need to come to my house, eat nachos, burritos, and tacos with my vatos. Pancakes with steaks, chilling on the plate, came through the... N- nigga, 9-11, 7-11, hamburgers with seven, donuts on the side. <laughs> I get coochie while I drive. <laughs> I get coochie while I drive. Soda pop in my cup. Never <laughs> gave a fuck. Riding down the street with a beef chuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Biggie, man. Yeah. How did we get here, Keith? I have no idea. <laughs> R.I.P. Biggie, bro. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get out of here, man. Well, nope, nope. We got one last one. We got to talk about Jamie Foxx, and we get the fuck out of here. Oh, yeah. All right, switching gears. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx apologizes and deletes Instagram posts. Basically, what went on within the last week is Jamie Foxx. Let me just read it verbatim. Jamie Foxx apologizes and deletes Instagram posts. Uh, Fox 55 has deleted a post. The post which read, they killed, G- they killed this dude named Jesus. What do you think they'll do to you? And he put hashtag fake friends, fake love, right? This is the statement that black people have made in the community for many years. But even people outside of our community understood and mm-hmm. can comprehend that post, mm-hmm. right? Basically stating like that people will backstab you and be fake friends. Mm-hmm. They even, they even you know, backhanded. Yeah, Judas. Yeah, yeah. Judas, right? Mm-hmm. And his social media users said Fox Post echoed an anti-Semitic belief that Jewish people were collectively responsible for Jesus Christ's death. The Roman Catholic Church officially repudiated the idea in 1965. This is ridiculous. On Saturday, Fox addressed the criticism in a new Instagram post which said, I want to apologize to the Jewish community and everyone who was offended by my post. I now know my choice of words cause offense, and I'm sorry. That was never my intent. To clarify, I was betrayed by a fake friend, and that's what what I meant with they not they not anything more. The race the race star said an Instagram post, and Jennifer and then Jennifer Aniston also faced criticism after she appeared to like Fox's original post before it was deleted. The Friends actor then released a statement on Instagram saying she did not support any form of anti-Semitism. Here's the thing, bro. I got a, I got a bone to pick with Jennifer Aniston, first of all. Um, that was fucking corny. Mm-hmm. I think instead of, instead, of, instead of getting with Jamie Foxx and his team and having the dialogue and, and at least having a conversation with how you would re, you know, respond to any criticism, you just said, I don't support anything anti-Semitic. And you didn't stand up for your so-called friend just because you care more about your fucking reputation, Jennifer Aniston. That's that was disgusting. Secondly, it's fucked up how he's being fucking railroaded right after he almost lost his goddamn life. This dude was in the hospital. Everybody's giving him well wishes. Now, all of a sudden, you finding a way. 
to fucking blame him for something anti-Semitic that wasn't anti-Semitic at all. What kind of world do you expect us to live in when we can't even make a statement? The fuck is wrong with this? Social media is full of a bunch of pussies and a <laughs> bunch of weirdos. Yeah. There's a bunch of weirdos, man. How do you, how the fuck do you interpret this? You know what? I wish I knew Jamie Foxx, bro. I swear to God. I'm going to tell you why. Because we've built this we've built this platform based on us speaking our minds like legitimately. We don't have some million dollar corporation telling us what we can and cannot say. So if we 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 get some massive platform where people know us, I would have got right on the podcast and just drilled to whoever wrote that article or whoever said that shit. I would have got right on them because you can't cancel me. Mm-hmm. I'm not affiliated with Hollywood. I'm not affiliated with none of that. I would have been like, man, fuck y'all and fuck everything you stand for. You trying to come after this man after he got out the goddamn hospital. Yeah. Ridiculous. And then Jennifer Anderson, I would have put her on blast too. <laughs> Like, how the fuck you going to be like, I don't support anything anti-Semitic. But you liked the post, you idiot. And then you went and unliked it. That's too late. We've like, seen it. Your name is, you're famous. We've yeah, you acting like motherfuckers there. ain't see it. These Hollywood people be so fake. Yeah. I, I just hate this, like, it's this cancel culture. And it's still going on. Like, Man. you know, just on the surface, objectively, when we actually look at the post, like you said, it's a saying that black people say all the time. Right. And it like, you know, the real meaning of it is just like, you know, you we not absolved from no type of hate. We not absolved mm-hmm. from no type of people stabbing you in your back because the same thing happened to Jesus. And it's and it's multiple versions of that, you know, that thing. And we use even like the Greek tragedies of um uh Julius Caesar and stuff like that. Et tu brute and all and all these we use these things in music we use these things in, in casual conversation and stuff like that so I just don't understand where like they be pulling stuff out of the out of this it's like magic the way they can find a way to be offended you know what I mean like the same thing with the word spaz oh like my all God. of a sudden we got to blink that out of uh music and songs and Beyonce had to edit her album and all this other stuff. I'm like, yo, y'all just want, y'all are look literally just looking for ways to be offended. And it's, and it's, it's a, it's a sad world where we can't even talk no more. Man, I'm going to tell you what, I would want to start a platform or um, like a media company that whenever somebody come out with an article like this, or they say that this was offensive. I want to find out exactly who said it and why they said it. And I'm going to be on their fucking head. I'm going to be like, you motherfuckers are making the world uncomfortable for people. And you're trying to do it. And you know what the fuck you're doing. And you want everybody to be on there. Because you, what you're trying to do is you're trying to destroy people's platforms. You're trying to make them look like a racist or anti-Semitic or anti-gay or transphobic. Whatever it is. But collectively, I tell you to fuck yourself mm-hmm. because it's wrong, bro. It's wrong. It's wrong to it's wrong to be so tedious mm-hmm. to the point. It, this is so weird that it doesn't even make sense. It's just confusing. Mm-hmm. How, like, how would you the only way you make this anti-Semitic is by you implying. Right. This is like this is implying that Jews killed Jesus. Yeah. When there was nothing in, there was no, he, like, he never implicated himself in a way that he said anything. Yeah, there's nothing about Jewish people. There's no nuance in there, it's yeah. like, that shows that, which mm-hmm. is like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. 
Jesus is black anyways. I'm going to tell you what I'm at, right? Jesus Christ had dreads. <laughs> Jesus Christ had dreads, so, so shake them. I ain't got, I got none, none, but I'm planning on growing some. Imagine, Imagine all the Hebrews growing down. Dancing on top of chariots and throwing tight ones. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Jamie Foxx should have never apologized for something he didn't do wrong. <laughs> That's why I'm singing this song. <laughs> yeah, man. Shout out to E-40, man. That dude has been everywhere lately. Yeah. If you want to talk about a real... Oh, man, that's somebody I really want to talk to so fucking bad. Mm-hmm. E-40. Yeah, that'd be I'll dope. be like, bro, why are you such a hustler, bro? Mm-hmm. Like, this dude is involved in all kinds of shit. Not only, like, you know, wine and beverages, but he making, he got his own burritos. He got his own lupias. Yeah. Like, he's he's also benefiting from the culture that's surrounding him because there's a lot of Filipinos in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So, he, a black man coming out with his own lumpia company? Mm-hmm. That's And he does it, like, from the ground up. Yeah. You know, I could imagine a guy like E40. And ice cream, too. Yeah. I could imagine a guy like E40, like the way Jay-Z did with Ducey, where he, um, mm-hmm. the I think the company that owns Hennessy, I think they bought like a portion of his uh, alcoholic beverage and stuff like that. I could imagine somebody like, who knows, like, uh, um, I think it's called Mondelez or, you know, these, or Hogging Dogs or something like that, just coming in and being like, yo, we want to give you, you know, X amount of millions to to partner with you and, and right. produce your product and stuff like that. Because he kind of building that infrastructure and it's Hell like, yeah. dang, like, I'm sure a lot of people are, are looking like, yo, if he doing this dolo, like, what could we you know, do if we start to push it and, and use our manufacturing to, right. to start to do it. So, I'm shocked yeah. that I'm shocked that like like uh, E40. But I'm shocked that Ice Cube don't have this own like beverage in some capacity. Yeah, be, it's such an easy name. It was self name itself. Ice Cube. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm like right here is my new beer that I got. I can't do Ice Cube's voice break. <laughs> it's kind of hard. Sorry, yeah, y'all. I ain't got no haters. All I got is motherfucking players. We get money in motherfucking layers. So you ain't heard that that uh, the album he had a couple years ago. That shit's hard. Nah, I didn't hear it. Yeah, it's cool. I gotta check it out. Yeah, it's dope. He yeah. got the. It's the song he made during uh, when Trump was still in office. Mm-hmm. The uh, you, uh, arrest the president song. You heard that mm-hmm. one? Mm-hmm. Arrest the president. We got the evidence. That nigga is Russian intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ice Cube is crazy, bro. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Not a whole lot else to say about this, man. I just yeah. wish Jamie Foxx well, and I wish him all the health. You know, he looks decent now. Motherfucker yeah, saying good. now, motherfucker saying Jamie Foxx is cloned and yeah. Weird. Come on, man. I I, I get so exhausted. I think um, I was telling you the other day um, on a little voice note. I think there's going to be a. Uh, like a conservative creative, like um, that's going to create some type of film or short film or whatever that just kind of pushes back on all this liberal nonsense. Like, and it's going to be like uh, the same way, like like culturally defining films, like Birth of a Nation, almost. Like, I think there's going to be some conservative that starts to push back on you know uh, on all this. Um, the gender identity stuff and you know that this this liberal the cancel culture and stuff like that and um i don't have any opinion about it but i would just be curious to see like how how people uh how people perceive it because hollywood right now is very liberal so you don't really get to 
you don't really you don't really get the point of view of like a conservative person. Mm. Like a lot of it is like very progressive where you need every race in a TV show. Mm. You need to, you know, all inclusive. You need every gender in a TV show. You need every sexuality and stuff like that. But that yeah. shit is starting to get old because that's not it's once things stop reflecting the real world, that's when it's a problem. Yeah. Like if you got a movie, like you could like we talked about this. Like when things are too lopsided, when they too left, you'll see a commercial and this guy representing everybody. It'll be a overweight person, then it'll be a, a skinny yeah. person, then an Asian person, then a black yeah. person, then a Jewish person, then a person, yeah. then a person with this disabled. It's like all these people ain't in the same room at the same fucking time. Yeah, the the one thing that I there was um like a conversation going around like around the time the movie Moonlight came out. Mm. And it was like the reason why that movie won all the awards. It didn't make a lot of money. It wasn't a mm-hmm. huge box office. Hit. It was kind of like a real independent movie, um, but it won, you know, uh, uh, Oscar award and stuff like that. Um, the one reason why it was so successful was because it was so specific. It was about a black man in Florida that was like struggling with his sexuality, you know, and it wasn't like. It was like an Asian guy in the movie, and then there was like a a non-binary person in the mm. movie, and it was this. It was like so specific, and you know, people found like you know, even as a straight person, you could sort of relate to like different aspects of the story, and you know, as a black man dealing with your own masculinity and all this other stuff. I but I haven't, it, I haven't seen that movie. Yet. Yeah, it's a really good movie, but um, you know, it, it it's just one of those things where like. I think that that's the way to really reach the most people. Like, you know, for 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 even for our podcast, we don't try to make the podcast that's like super inclusive to mm-hmm. where we we talk about, you know, all these political topics and then we talk about football and then we talk about this and then we talk about, you know, like golf and all this stuff. We just talk about like what we care about and, you know, people from all walks of life like join in on the conversation and they really, you know, appreciate what we have to say. Versus like, you know, trying to reach the the masses and it just not working. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, for all those that have listened, man, we're about to get out of here. Yes, sir. We appreciate all those who have made it to the end. Um, be sure to head over to our YouTube at a Trucker's Mind podcast. Same yeah. for uh, Instagram, A underscore Trucker's Mind underscore podcast. Head over to Trucker's uh Oh, uh, a truckersmind.com for merch. Head over to ATM Pod for a friendly donation on Cash App. And that is about it. Yeah. Um, we appreciate you. If you made it to the end of this episode, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. We're out of here. Peace. <laughs>